Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Welcome to On Texas Football. In this episode, we're going to talk with uh, Eric Nalin, Inside Texas publisher. Uh, and we're following up on a, on a uh, video cast we did last week. Last week, uh, Eric and I went in depth on the roster evaluation uh, and recruiting needs for uh, the offensive side of the ball. This week, we want to tackle the defense. Uh, and the Longhorns right now, we're roughly three weeks away, uh, or actually, I guess, three weeks from tomorrow, uh, away uh, from uh, the initial si national signing day for the class of 2022. Uh, I think it's December 15th is the exact date. Um, and, you know, Eric, as I want to talk about each individual position, but the first thing I want to ask you is more about, you know, overall your sense of where they are in recruiting on defense and the big picture of what they need. Yeah, well, I mean, the clear strength is what they've done up front with the defensive line. Uh, some of those guys have positions that are pretty ambiguous and they'll become more clear over time, but they just wanted to throw a wave of bodies at the position. Uh, and, and let things sort out on, on campus. So they did really well. They've got a number of bodies. I think that seven guys are committed. Uh, they're going to fit somewhere up front. Uh, that's going to be key long-term. you got to get those guys in the program as soon as possible because some of those positions take longer to develop than others. Uh, typically, that's a rule of thumb. For the bigger the player are, the, is, the, the longer they, they take to develop. We see that most notably with defensive, uh, with offensive tackle, offensive guard. Um, now, if you get special players on the defensive line, then they can kind of get up there and just and get by on size and, and athleticism and raw talent. Uh, I don't think they have that sort of group, but they do have a number of guys that have that upside to be uh, first round draft picks, early round draft picks. But they got to get them in the program, got to get them working out, got to get them uh, physically developed. Um, I would say linebacker still an issue, and that's why they're working on Harold Perkins. You know, they need an athlete there. Uh, and then cornerback is, is really the main concern that I have. Um, Basically, because I, I think that the DBs that they have committed profile more to nickel uh, or maybe safety long term, but they will will get their shot at corner. We'll probably go uh, more into that in a little bit. Yeah, we we, we should. And, um, you know, that I, I'll tell you, one of the guys that I absolutely love in this class is B.J. Allen, the safety. Um, and so I'm not so sure he's not the best player Texas has committed, period, at this point. Um, and uh, so we'll. We'll see how all that plays out. But I, I feel like Texas, like you, I feel like Texas needs help at just about every single position on defense. I look at it, and um, this is part of the, the discussion we're going to have, right, is what do they need in the portal too? Because uh, Steve Sarkeesian on Monday identified the pass rush as a primary concern. Right. Well, it's one thing to, to throw these – Young, young guys out there, a guy like Jamon Tapp or Justice Finkley or, or Derek Brown might profile into that, but they're still very, very young to have a real impact. Right. Um, as, as we talk about that pass rush, what is your thought process on that and whether or not they're going to be able to even potentially get somebody out of the portal maybe? Is that I, – I, you and I have talked about it off, off, off a camera. It's so hard to find that guy. 
Yeah, the problem is scarcity on that one. It's kind of like uh, finding a cornerback. They were lucky to find Darian Dunn. Those guys don't come around very often, and when they do, the market is pretty outrageous for them, and uh, they're, they're just tough to get. So finding a mature edge uh, player is, to me, that's, that's one of the biggest needs of the offseason, uh, but we have to be realistic in what they can, what they can actually find uh, and probably temper our expectations a little bit. Uh, the problem with the defensive line class is that I, I think there's probably not that true pass rusher that they're looking for, that dip that dip and rip guy, that guy that's truly bendy. Um, they've got plenty of guys like, like Jamon Tapp. I really love him as like an athletic bull rusher that just blows off the, the line of scrimmage. But I don't know that he's necessarily that long, bendy guy that you'd like to see. I do like Anthony Jones uh, out of uh, Las Vegas. I'm not sure. I think we've some of our uh, opinions on him differ, but I thought he had really good senior tape. And the good thing about him is like Justice Finkley is, is, is they'll be early enrollees uh, and that that head start uh, makes a big difference for some of those guys. And it usually speaks highly of how how gear they are towards uh, towards football and how serious they take it. So there's a there's a positive selection there. Uh, but you can't. Yeah, you, you can't have super high expectations for any true freshman. None of these guys are going to be a savior. Uh, but I do like Justice Finkley as far as his, his, the mental side of football. Uh, and, and he's he's more physically mature than most uh, most high schoolers. He plays with a lot of power. Uh, but again, he's more of that guy that sets the edge rather than, than turns the corner and gets after the quarterback. So that's going to remain a problem unless they can address it. I'll tell you what, Bobby, though, before real quick, if they do find an edge, they can put Collins, uh, Alfred Collins back inside. You'd have Byron Murphy and Alfred Collins, uh, which could be pretty tasty as far as getting an interior pass rush. Yeah. What, what, what about um, Ethan Burke, late bloomer uh, out of uh, Austin Westlake? Texas uh, is supposed to host him. Uh, this yeah. week for the for the uh, game, I don't know that Texas is is heavily involved at this point because he also wants to play uh, lacrosse. But uh, have you heard any more on him? Uh, no, because of the lacrosse angle, it's it's tough to see that happening. But yeah, you definitely take him. He, he has that length and and that uh, man. He's 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 like a small forward out there. The way he moves, he's light on his feet. Um, yeah, I mean, if if they if they can somehow wrangle him, that would that would address a long term need. But again, he's you know he's going to require some physical development. Uh, but he does, he does use his length. Well, um, he knows, he, he knows how to keep offensive linemen off of him. It's, he's a very intriguing athlete, uh, and, and he's good enough to make room, even though you have all these guys in the class already. Gotcha. So you mentioned, so in let's, we started with it in, and really it's Jamon Tapp from uh, Louisiana, Donaldsonville, uh, Ascension Catholic, uh, Justice Finkley, uh, Alabama, uh, actually was offered by Alabama as well, but he's from Hewitt Trustville. Uh, I believe, and then Derek Brown from Texarkana, Texas High. Those are the three edge guys Texas has committed. Let's switch more to the interior now because you mentioned about Alfred Collins potentially moving in. The interior guys are higher ranked than the, the, than the edge guys, by and large, not every single one of them. But um, Anthony Bryant from uh, Mississippi, uh, Jeray Bledsoe, uh, who was at uh, – uh, Bremond, I think, and then is now at, at Marlin where he really started. And then Christopher Ross, uh, one of the state's top uh, shot putters out of North Shore. So th those are three. And then Zach Swanson out of out of uh, Arizona. I know that you and I really like that that group, that first three group. We think that they're all keepers, right? Oh, yeah. Am I? So are those guys more in line with the Byron Murphys? as opposed to the Keandre Coburns, their body types don't seem like the, the fire or the, the, yeah, the fire hydrant. They seem more yeah. like the, uh, you know what I mean by that? Well, right. Aaron Bryant uh, probably profiles more to Coburn, even though he has better length. Um, 
you know, the other two that you're mentioning, Dre, uh, Dre Bledsoe and, and Christopher Ross are pretty much, they're freak athletes for the position. Now they're going to require some development, uh, physical development for sure, but they have the raw athleticism to be exceptional players. They just have to put in the work. Uh, so they, they, they do have the ability to be more explosive off the ball than Coburn. Um, whereas Bryant, I would say, is probably more of your traditional two-gapper, even though he is a good enough athlete to push the pocket, I think. Now, he comes in with a really high floor. Um, yeah, I don't know exactly what his ceiling is, uh, but his floor is, is very high, whereas Bledsoe comes in with an extremely high ceiling, but I don't know what his floor is. <laughs> so Yeah, well, he didn't play this year, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then Ross um, has never been a single-sport athlete. And right. that's a good, and, and you and I both agree with this. That's a good thing oh, yeah. um, because it means there's more meat left on the bone. Uh, oh, yeah. When he could go out and then throw a shot, put 60 feet, you know, without, uh, without even trying, <laughs> that was a, that tells you just how much potential there is uh, that lies ahead of him. He's just an explosive, explosive guy moves extremely well. So four, four interior, three exterior, still recruiting at least one more edge guy. The Westlake kid is one of them that we mentioned. The possibility of a um, a import via the transfer portal is there. We don't know a name for sure yet that's going to be in the the uh, the portal, but we, we think yeah. there might be some coming. We just don't know where Texas is going to fit in there. Um, all right, that I, I I've mentioned this, and and you and I have gone back and forth on this. I think that the linebacker group at Texas has been uh, a real problem this year. It's like they can't connect the front and the back of the defense. Now, maybe that's scheme. Maybe some of that's coaching or strategy. But are any of these guys – I mean, right now they've got Travell Johnson out of Arlington Martin, who's a, a thinner guy, but really quick. He's committed. Anthony Jones, you mentioned, is also an edge guy. Uh, but he's an outside linebacker in this defense. He's out of Las Vegas. Owen Carey, um, a true traditional middle linebacker out of uh, modern day. And then they're still looking at, at Harold Perkins. You look at the Texas defense, are any of those guys, um, are any of those guys profiling to play early and in, in usurping a spot that Jalen Ford or Luke Brockemeyer might be uh, uh, in, in the lead for next year? No, I don't. I don't think so. Um, you know, Travell Johnson, he 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 missed this year with a, a hip injury. Um, I think he's, he, you know, of course, even if he had the head for it, which he probably does, uh, which is one one thing they're looking for is football IQ, and I think that's why they jumped on him early, is they saw that football IQ that that the program's been lacking at the position. But even then, he requires the physical development that some of the others don't, like Owen Carey would. Uh, Carey could be a surprise though, because he's played on the edge a lot. Uh, maybe he shows up and it's just natural. And, and there's, you know, there's just a lot that's that's uh, all projection on that point because I don't I don't know him very well. Never seen him play. Obviously, he tests very well. Uh, he could be a surprise long term, but he's, you know, he's, he hasn't been playing that position uh, in high school. Uh, and then, you know, Anthony Jones, he's more of an edge outside linebacker that that Ray Thornton has played. I think he's going to be really good long term. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's they they need people to come in and compete. You know, right now, if you're uh, you're hoping on Jalen Ford, Maurice Blackwell, David Benda, Luke Brockermeyer. I think they need a guy that comes in and has has really good football IQ and then and they can kind of uh, connect the front to the back, like you said. Yeah. Question for you, and this is something I just think personally from watching film of these guys and having watched Texas recruit the last 25 years. Um, I actually think these front guys are all um, physical 
football players. I mean, maybe there might be a couple in here. I would say, yeah, he, he verges on physical. Yeah. But the majority, and, and I, I, I don't always say that about Texas, the Texas recruits. I mean, even they can be four stars, three stars, five stars. Yeah. But a guy like Anthony Jones plays physical football. Owen Carey plays physical football. Justice Finkley, physical player. Jerry yeah. Bledsoe, Chris Ross, Anthony Bryant. Yeah. Um, what do you, is that a, just a preference you think from a guy like Billy Glasscock, who's the director of player personnel, uh, or is that coming from the defensive line coach or, or just the defensive coordinator? Where is that? Because I do notice a difference there. They're more, that, they're more violent. Yeah. That, that comes from uh, Kwiatkowski for sure. You know, you had Anthony Jones committed when he was at UW. Uh, he honed in on justice Finkley very early. A lot of people have Finkley in the, in the 150 to 200 range. Uh, Texas thinks he's a top 50 player in the nation. Uh, so that, that you know, those guys do play heavy-handed, and I do think that that's uh, what what Kwiatkowski is selecting for. And then, uh, you know, one last thing on uh, uh, Derek Brown. You know, he's got such a long road ahead of him uh, as far as putting on weight. You know, if, if Ray Thornton is a little undersized for the position at 245 pounds, then, then Brown's got a long way to go. But, man, if you watch him play, play defense and, and offense, I, I, I do wonder about him playing uh, more of an inside linebacker uh, once he's around 230 pounds, he might, he, I think he might have the ability to pull it off athletically. I don't know if, if he's got the, the football IQ for it. Obviously he's plenty smart to play football, but you know, uh, you can have a smart, smart person, uh, and not a smart football player or a dumb person and a very smart football player. There, there's, there's no correlation there. Yeah. Uh, so that's something that, that's something to watch for long-term is when he gets to campus where they, where they do line them up. Yeah. My ability in geometry, uh, in, in high school did not translate to my ability in English class. <laughs> So they don't, you know, the two things don't always mix. Right. You know, I, I think that's interesting that we talk about um, where you're at with those guys and how they're kind of interchangeable pieces a little bit. Um, is that also a function of the defensive style? Well, it's, it's that. It's a function of, you know, how far they have to go uh, developmentally. You know, Anthony Jones is going to play that Ray Thornton uh, position upon arrival, but Man, he's a big kid. So I, I think he's going to get to 275 comfortably. And that's where you like to see that physicality because then that has to translate. All of a sudden he goes from being plus size for that uh, that buck position to maybe a little undersized uh, for the jack position. And then, you know, that's where you have to have heavy hands and play with physical intent like he shows. Uh, and then Finkley, Jamon Tapp, those are those are physical guys. So um, Finkley's one you do wonder, does he go, Does he end up at 285 pounds and and, and end up playing three tech like uh, Levi Wuzariki did from uh, Allen that went to uh, Washington and ended up being, I think, a late first or early second round pick. He might have snuck into the first round draft pick. Um, and then again, that toughness has to has to translate. And a guy like Finkley, I, I know he wants to play the edge, but if he wakes up one day and he's 285 pounds, that payday might come at three technique like we saw with uh, Taekwon Graham over time. Yeah, you have to ultimately the, I think these kids, their ultimate goal, nine out of 10 of them, at least are, is the NFL. Right. And so they can say, Oh, well, I, I want to play outside, but the minute that the opportunity shows them that, Hey, if I play a three technique and move over and I can make large coin doing it in the NFL, yeah. they're nine times out of 10 going to say, bring it on. Right. Yeah, like I like to say, there's a lot of value in the spin. If you spin down and keep that athleticism, that's quasi athleticism enough for the, to play the Jack, but then all of a sudden you're a potentially elite athlete for three tech. So it starts to make a lot more sense. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Gotcha. All right. So the secondary is a little interesting. We talked about it here. Um, oh, I, I, before we do that, one portal guy at linebacker, two potentially. I think it'll be one. Um, you know, they still have some guys to develop there. You know, Devin Richardson will have another year at the position. So he's, he's one we should account for too. So they've got five or six guys they can work on there. Uh, but I do think that they'll look for a more of a true football player tackling machine as opposed to uh, raw athleticism uh, sort. So I think, you know, they could go find some guy that's at Montana state or whatever, that's just a tackling machine and, and maybe sacrifices some athleticism, but, uh, but he makes up for it with a high football IQ. So I don't know exactly where they'll look, but I do think that they'll, they'll find a linebacker in the portal. Gotcha. That would be, that would make a lot of sense. Um, there were a lot of them available last year and Texas took advantage of that and ended up with two starters, right? Yeah, well, it might be worth mentioning, you know, Overshone's not going to walk on Saturday or on uh, Friday morning uh, for senior day. And, you know, he's he's mulling over his options. Um, obviously, he, he, the goal for him is to uh, to make it to the NFL. But I don't, I don't think he wants to go out haphazardly. And I know he's frustrated with how the season's gone and and uh, and, and is looking forward. It would like to come back if, if uh, the draft grade isn't there for him. Gotcha. All right. So let's go to secondary. I'm sorry. I, I, I got ahead of myself there, Eric, um, briefly. Texas has three commitments. Two from corners slash nickel slash safeties. Austin Jordan out of Denton Ryan. Great program. Ronald Lewis, uh, a guy that they had in camp uh, uh, from New Orleans. And then my my guy that I, I I know he's not just my guy. He's yours too. Everybody that sees him likes him. So I don't want to <laughs> – I'm not – it's not only mine. Uh, B.J. Allen out of Alito, who uh, has a – he has a rare – I've actually never heard of it before. You realize that he was the district newcomer of the year in two different districts? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, he played in Fort Worth as a freshman and was the district newcomer of the year. Okay. Moved to Alito, became the district newcomer of the year as a sophomore. Uh, 5A state defensive player of the year last year. Um, I was showing his tape to a uh, former Texas Longhorn that played for the Longhorns in the 70s, and uh, he told me he reminded him of Johnny Johnson. Jeez. Wow, yeah, that's, he, that's high praise. You know, yeah, the first he, time I – he really, really likes B.J. Allen. Yeah, when I saw his sophomore film, I reached out to him and said, man, you kind of remind me of Michael Huff a little bit. And, you know, he was he was lighter there. I think, he, you know, he's, he's got he's put on some size since then. But he said, yeah, you know, my dad's told me that same thing. Uh, and that's when I figured UT had a good shot. Uh, of course, he committed to LSU for a while. Tom Herman pushed him away a little bit. But uh, now he's, I think he's back to where he was always, always preferred to go. Um, and, yeah, I, you know, you love the fact that you mentioned the, you know, Denton Ryan and, and – and also Alito, two two winning programs uh, back there. They played a lot of football. Um, you know, I wasn't the biggest fan of Austin Jordan, I've got to admit. And then I, I saw a senior film and I really liked it. I think he showed a lot of stuff, even at wide receiver, that's going to translate to playing uh, in the secondary. Uh, and, you know, I, I do wonder if it's, you know, if they, if they don't change scheme, Austin Jordan has a better chance. And Champ Lewis, he has a better chance to play corner, I think, because it's not so much turn and run. Uh, you know, it's almost playing. It's sort of like a safety at times. Uh, I think they'd have a better chance at sticking at corner. 
but yeah, you know, Champ Lewis, he's a ball hawk. You want to take advantage of that ball hawking out there in the secondary. Texas didn't have enough turnovers uh, from the DBs this year. Uh, so they liked him at corner. Uh, at camp, obviously, has the coverage skills uh, for safety at a minimum. Maybe nickel uh, comes into play where you can be sort of an Anthony Cook sort. All three of those guys, bright football players, in your opinion? Well, I don't think you can turn them over as much as uh, Champ Lewis does without having a nose for the ball and understanding what the quarterback's trying to do and, you know, understanding passing concepts. So I don't know him all that well, uh, but he knows how to find the football, and that tells you a lot. And then I, I definitely think that's the case with, with Brian Allen and, uh, and, and Austin Jordan. Gotcha. The reason that, that that former player told me that he liked uh, B.J. Allen so much is he can return for you too. Yeah. He said, I, I can see him being a returner for you too. Um, I like one one thing I like about uh, Allen too is the game looks extremely easy for him out there. You know, it's some guys are are getting it done, but you can tell that you know they're going 100 miles an hour. He's getting it done, and you know, sometimes I'm not saying he's taking plays off. I'm saying it just looks super easy for him. Like when Ronald Jones uh, played running back uh, at McKinney, uh, uh, it's like okay, he's just playing a different game than everybody else. And I think that you know uh, Brian Brian Allen's playing a, a, the same sort of game at, at DB. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I thought his tape was phenomenal. Um, still in the playoffs, too, by the way. Um, but that's not the only guys that Texas is recruiting. There's still a couple of guys out there that they're, that they're pushing on from the high school ranks. Sure. Denver Harris out of North Shore is a true corner. Jalen Gilbo is another one of those guys that is a corner safety. He's out of Port Arthur Memorial, originally committed to Texas, backed off his pledge to TCU fully or still kind of committed but looking at Texas. Was that Texas – a couple weekends ago, and then Terrence Brooks, uh, whose dad, Chet, played for A&M in, in the NFL, uh, is committed to Ohio State, but Texas has continued uh, talking with him as well. You know, Brooks, probably a low low likelihood at this point, but Denver Harris and Jalen Gilbo both squarely in the mix for Texas. Yeah, they look good. I, you know, I think they have a chance to, to get Gilbo, especially with the uh, people at uh, TCU. Um, you know, sometimes you just let the coaches do the evaluation for you. I don't want to, you know, you got to know your own limitations here. And if, if Gary Patterson likes you at DB, then I like you too. Um, Gilbo, I'm not entirely sold on him as a corner. Uh, I do think he has good hips and good feet. Do question long speed a little bit. I love his toughness. I think he works hard. I think he uh, takes football seriously. Uh, he's got a great build. Uh, so I could see maybe nickel or safety. But again, if, if they're playing him off a whole lot, uh, he's, he's playing with his eyes as much as he's playing with his speed, uh, then that, that could probably translate to corner still. Um, uh, Denver is more of that quintessential NFL cover corner athlete. Uh, he's had struggles this year, of course, ba battling back from his knee injury, and now he's got a hamstring issue. Uh, but we know the athleticism is there. If you're, if you're wondering if he's an athlete, go back to his junior film, watch the first couple plays, and you'll see an interception return against uh, Manville, or I think it's Shadow Creek maybe. And he just explodes out of a cannon. That's all you need to see um, to tell that he's an elite athlete. So, uh, of course, that's going to be difficult. AM's trying to trying to get in the picture now. Uh, he likes the LSU simply because of Corey Raymond. Uh, Texas has had a lot of uh, changes uh, since he's been recruited. He's been recruited for so long that he's met uh, Jason Washington was his initial uh, recruiter at Texas, and that was that was that was before Jay Valet, and that was that was before uh, Terry Joseph. So that you know. Sometimes being recruited by the same school for that, that uh, long doesn't do you uh, much good because it, it shows uh, – it highlights the instability. Yeah, that's fair, you know, because that's that's one of the things we've, we've talked about is, as Texas moves forward with this defense uh, in particular. Um, the likelihood of them, of them possibly going to the portal – I mean, they lose two safeties 
two starting safeties in Schooler and Foster, um, or at least two of the top three, right? They right. lose Josh Thompson, so they lose a corner. They yep. hope to get back Deshaun Jameson at one corner, who, right. like DeMarvian Overshone, is not walking. Um, and then Anthony Cook, again, they hope to get back as well. Yeah. So so it would seem to me, although J.D. Coffey played some, um, they don't have a guy outside of Jaron Thompson that's played much at safety. Would they look at safety there? Because Jade Barron has played well um, uh, in his brief time playing Keaton Crawford's at corner. So they have a, a key backup yeah. there maybe. They, I mean, they have a lot of different ways they can go about it. And, and, you know, getting Jameson back would really give you some uh, freedom to, to move some guys around, uh, possibly Keaton Crawford to nickel. And then if you do that, you could put uh, you could put Anthony Cook at safety. Uh, Cook did rep at safety some in practice years this year, actually quite a bit, because when they were in base, nickel comes off the field. And so they would rep him at safety. Jaron Thompson is going to start next year. I feel, feel very confident about that. So really, they only have to fulfill one spot. Uh, that could be beat Brian Allen. He's coming in early. He's an early enrollee. He's played a ton of football. Uh, in his life at Alito, you basically, you know, you've got a couple extra seasons there with the football with all the, all the state championships and, and, and runs through state they've had. Um, so, yeah, I think he would come in and, and potentially crack the starting lineup relatively early. I think he has that ability to do so. You know, it's, it's not impossible to play as a true freshman, especially the further away from the ball you are, the, the easier it is to play early. Uh, and, and so I wouldn't rule out Brian Allen. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Jade Barron, I would probably pencil him at one corner. Uh, Keaton Crawford is over there competing as well. Uh, we wrote this morning about Jameer Johnson. He might be another year away, but there's some there's some hope there that he could turn into a player. Uh, J.D. Coffey, uh, he was uh, described as another Jaron Thompson. So I think with another year in the system, he might be ready to play too. So uh, things aren't dire to the point that they need a corner uh, or or maybe a safety, but they could go best player available if if one if one avails himself. Or if there's a guy that's played in a similar uh, uh, scheme that would come in and, and, and add sort of a, you hate to say it, but a coach on the field, uh, which is what they missed this year, you know, that somebody to get them lined up and, and point into the right direction and just be a sure tackler in the back end. You know, I'm thinking about this, Eric, and trying to, to piece it all together. Um, it seems to me like a, a lot of these portal guys are going to be guys that are coming, the, the best portal guys a lot of them are coming from programs where they had coaching upheaval. LSU is an example. Elias Ricks, one of their starting cornerbacks, announced yeah. for the portal either uh, late yesterday or today. Um, obviously, Texas would throw its hat in the ring there, but, you know, so would every program in the country. Um, you know, as we look at that sort of stuff, you know, I don't think Texas could could not take a guy at safety that has – two years starting experience at yeah, a, a really good program. Um, and will there, will that guy be out there and will he mesh with the other portal needs of the, you know, of, of the football program? That's where I think um, we're going to have to know before, you know, they also have two, two commitments in the special teams and that's a uh, Lance St. Louis is a deep snapper out of Arizona. Um, will Stone is a kicker out of uh, uh, Austin one of the private schools there in Austin. Uh, Stone is going to potentially replace uh, Cameron Dicker, who's been, you know, especially this year, he's been really good, but solid typically for his career um, and, a, and a big replacement. But as we look at all of this, um, how do you, you know, 
with the, the portal, how is Texas going to mix and match the needs they have? Because they have more than seven immediate needs, right? in my opinion. Yep. Um, that they could get potentially a two-year starter from somewhere and, yep. and roll them out there and be better immediately. So how do they prioritize that? Well, you know, th- what makes it hard is you don't have a running list of who all is going to be there. You know, they right. come in at different times, they come and go. And so once you see a guy that you knows uh, that you know can uh, improve that roster split, that uh, that position group, you, you, you pretty much have to go after him. And, uh, and But what you really have to do is you have to list the order of, of need by position before even, you know, by player. And, and you know, you, I wouldn't take a safety if it keeps you from getting an offensive lineman. Uh, you know, so at some point they have to trust themselves to develop these players because they do have pieces to d- develop. Um, you know, we haven't seen enough of it. Uh, you know, m- maybe uh, Tom Herman got a lot out of uh, some of those guys in the 2015 class that Charlie Strong wasn't getting much out of, but we haven't seen enough consistent development at Texas uh, for a long time. And that's what has to change with this staff. It's the reason he put this, this uh, particular staff together. Uh, you know, Jeff Cho's job is to develop these guys every bit as much as it is to recruit. You know, they didn't bring them in because Chode had some wonderful reputation as a great recruiter. So these guys are going to have to live up to the reputation uh, from development. Uh, you know, some of the problems we've seen this year are scheme more so than probably physical development or, uh, you know, it, it's, it, that, that's probably been probably the biggest hindrance, especially uh, when, when accounting for the secondary. Uh, so they're going to have to develop their pieces uh, and they have to prioritize them. You know, if a guy like Elias Ricks, that would be just too good to turn down. So you, you can't turn him down. So we're not saying they're going to go after him or get him. But that type of player, that sort of player, you, you know, you do all you can to, to land because he, you know, that's a guy that can change a whole, you know, that, that, that adds a win to, to your season total. Uh, but yeah, it, it's got to go by position. And then when you see a guy that can upgrade that position group, you jump on them and, and you, you don't really worry about what can come out tomorrow. It's like buying something tomorrow. And then, you know, it's, uh, it could come out on sale next week. You know, you still buy it if you want it. Yeah, I get, I, I get your point. I, I, I think that's, that's probably, I see what you're saying because who's in the portal today is not who's going to be in the portal December 17th. And that person, there's going to be a different group on January 17th. Right. right? Yeah. I would um, say you want to, you want to get some guys in early though, Bobby, because you know, you want to get them in a spring ball and get them, get them going. But you also want to save some spots for after spring because there's going to be some disgruntled players that are talented uh, that come out after spring ball. Uh, so you want optionality at all points, uh, but you, you have to go and get you some guys in so you can get them developed through spring ball and, and get them on the same page uh, with the playbook. Gotcha. Eric, I, I think this has been a, uh, Good, good discussion. Um, it kind of gives us a real feel for the entire defensive side of the ball and where they're at in recruiting, as well as roster uh, maintenance or, or development, however you want to uh, call it. Um, your favorite player. So I, you know, mine's BJ Allen. Who's your favorite player uh, on defense at this point that's committed? Oh man. Favorite player that's committed. I, man, I really like Anthony Jones. I, I just think he has a high floor as well as having a high ceiling. I like the fact that he's, he's athletic enough uh, to, uh, to play tight end if he wanted to. Uh, without a shadow of a doubt, he could play college tight end. You know, he's looking at Miami. Miami liked him at tight end. Miami has a rich tradition with the position. Um, but he wants to play defense. I like that. I think that that says a lot when you, you prefer to play maybe the less glamorous position. There's some football intelligence there when, when, uh, when they make that right decision. I see too many kids that want to play the glamour spot over the position that they fit uh, better. Um, so yeah, he's, he's, and I like talking to him. I've talked to him a number of times, including the night he committed. It's just, uh, I, I think he's got a high floor, but also a higher ceiling. I know, I think we still have him as a three-star and on three. 
I'm going to disagree with them a little bit on that. Um, and then, you know, this, I like, I like uh, Finkley and I like Jamon Tapp just because I think he, he's going to bring a, an, a, an edge to the edge position uh, that might be missing. Yeah. Anybody, I'll, I'll say this on the guys up front, anybody that throws a shot 60 foot yeah. has, a, has a chance. I mean, oh, yeah. there, there's, there are maybe five kids nationally that throw the shot that far each year. And it's not something that, I mean, Chris Ross does spend time on it. He's not just a, a guy, but well, there's you no. Know. I, I try to account for things, you know, for the for the whole composite of the player, and and so let's look at it. He uh, when he wanted to decide, he wanted to, to honor his dad, so he announced on the on the uh, on his dad's uh, birthday or either, either the anniversary of his passing, one of the two, uh, and then he stuck with his commitment through some tough times and a lot of schools going after him. And uh, you know, I asked one of my sources on him. He said, "Nah, that's a loyal kid. You don't have to worry about him." Uh, so I think there's just a lot to like about him on and off the field. But, yeah, he's, he's a rare athlete for, for, for interior defensive line. Gotcha. All right, Eric, thanks for your time. Eric Nalin, uh, publisher of Inside Texas. Eric and I both uh, are on Inside Texas Daily. It's a website uh, where you can get all the news and recruiting information as well as team news, latest breaking news there. Uh, there's message boards where you, Eric and I both interact as well as a half dozen other uh, staff members that are full-time there at Inside Texas. Uh, Eric, thanks for your time, bud. Uh, and I'll catch you probably next week uh, on another episode of On Texas Football. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.